0: Well, hello, everybody. This is Tim Green with Rattle Magazine. Welcome to Rattlecast number 85. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, we have Lois Bear barr on the line as tonight's special guest. We'll be joining with her shortly. But before we begin, I should say that Rattle is a publication of the Rattle Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit working to promote the practice of poetry. We've been in continuous publication since 1994 and are unaffiliated with any other organization. We just do this because we love poetry. And if you love poetry, please do click the Like button. Um, Make sure you're subscribed. Share this with your friends. Tell people because poetry really doesn't spread through social media like other things do, so you have to help it spread. So please do help it spread any way you can by clicking stuff. No matter where you're watching, you can click something right now, so click it. Um, I also want to let everybody know that there's an open mic in case you're new after the first hour. The first hour will be talking and sharing poems with Lois, but then the second hour is always an open mic. Um, You're very welcome to join us. What you do, email the poem right now to mic. Rattle.com. That's open M-I-C at rattle.com. And then you call in later. I'll put the numbers up on the screen um, later on in the show. But there's a phone number and there's a Skype number. So you can either be on video or you can be on um, a regular phone. But either way, you can join us and share a poem. And there's a prompt every week, but it doesn't have to be a prompt poem. You can share whatever you'd like. We have people calling in right now. So if you call in, there's a 250 number calling in right now. Whoever that is is on the call list. And I'll call you back. Um, I'll make sure we get to anybody who's never been on before. Um, and then we 'll get to as many of the uh, regulars as we have time that 's how we always do it now, as I mentioned. Lois Bear Barr is our guest tonight. Uh, Lois was born in Louisville, Kentucky. she lives in Riverwoods, Illinois. She's a finalist for the 2019 Rita Dove Poetry Award. Her chapbook, Biopoiesis, won Poetica's 2013 chapbook award. And her chapbook of fiction, Lupe de Vega's Daughter, is available from Red Bird Press. She's an emeritus professor of Spanish at Lake Forest College, um, and she's teaching creative writing in Spanish there in the fall. Um, she's been published all over the place. Uh, and here she is, Lois Bear Barr. Hello, Lois. How are you doing tonight?
1: Hi, Tim, happy to be here, thanks. Yeah, I'm so glad you could join us. Do you want to start us out with a poem? Sure, so um, the theme tonight will be transportation. And um, the first poem takes place on the north, the southbound train um, from Highland Park into the city. And it's called Train of Thought.
2: Caution, the doors are about to close.
1: Scribbling on the inbound train from Highland Park to Chicago, I've read Brent Lott's essay Halfway. He thinks writers should burrow into personal topics and pay less attention to technique. One night, we watched 60 Minutes' segment on ADD. Hey, that's it! That's you, shouted Lou. The train's commotion reminds me of my struggle with distraction, and we're pulling out of Indian Hill. Wonder why they haven't changed that one.
2: The next stop will be Kenilworth. Kenilworth,
1: yes. That's the street in Louisville where we lived in a white stucco duplex on a steep hill by a wooded lot where an Appalachian man squatted in a trailer. Not like the groomed gardens and fine houses flanking these tracks. Look at those hydrangeas. Will Met next. But watch me. I can stay on track. In high school, I worked twice as hard as my friends. In college, a reading test predicted failure. But roommates' notes and nodos got me through. Senior thesis, MA papers, exercises in frustration. My husband read chapters of my dissertation. Why can't you just stay on topic? I'm sort of interested in cubism, says the man across the aisle who got on in Glencoe. His wife's half-hearted nod, the furrow of her brow, flowery tote bag, hint, she likes impressionism.
3: Evanston Station next.
1: High school all-nighters filled by amphetamines. Mom got from a diet doctor on Dixie Highway. Wide awake, I wrote parodies for Skit Night. It was and still is hard to stop the voices, yet I sometimes focused. Look, Duxler's Tires has ducks on the brick facade. Dancing gave me discipline. The music centered me, books. I lived inside of books, Clara Barton, Nancy Drew, from her first caper to her last. I got in bed with East of Eden, got out to eat. Marjorie Morningstar, I was starstruck. Ninth grade Spanish surprised me. Verb conjugation, such symmetry. Wordless were repeated to mastery. Gracias, adios. I found a place to be.
2: Evanston, Davis Street.
1: A pale, round-faced man sits down facing me. Our knees bump. So he slides to sit catty-corner. Still too close. He reeks of tobacco. His Dunkin' Donuts coffee could spill on my new white shoes. We're close to Chicago, but I'm not finished. Now I get why I postpone work on projects. The panic of deadlines keeps keeps me on track.
3: Rogers Park.
1: I focus with lists, goals, ironclad, spy. as a teen, I devised a sensory deprivation booth. Give me a break. Mr. Duncan Donuts is on his phone making an appointment. I would lie on the top shelf of my closet. In college, I locked myself into a small green tiled tub room adjoining the showers. Oh dear, the conductor wants my ticket. Though he punched and placed it in its clip as we left. Highland Park. I look on the floor. I sift through a purse filled with receipts, coupons, Kleenex, bank deposit slips, lipstick, gum wrappers. The conductor gets huffy. People stare at me. A white haired suburbanite, like I'm a cheat. Only round faced man with coffee looks sympathetic. Oh, well, let it go, the conductor gives up. Mr. Duncan says, they never let it go when that happens to me. Then he asks me if I have tweezers. I am too furious with the conductor to think how strange that is. Calm down, control yourself. Rose Hill Cemetery rolls by. So beautiful from above. Better than the view from below, I think. I breathe deeply. Yoga focuses me. My teacher says, take those precious thoughts and lock them in your treasure chest for later. I mutter, what's the big deal? I could pay again. Sabbath ritual in synagogue gives my life order. Prayers fill my mind, blocking the chaos. I like to return to places I've been, places I know the grid can navigate. Places like Vegas and Home Depot kill me. One day on the highway my husband pointed out a Ford. Usually I'm lost in thought, don't notice cars before they whiz by. Oh my god, I cried, you can buy a focus. A D D tripping me, I drive an escape. We're getting close to Madison Street, and I must tell you that I drive my family crazy. Lois, are you listening? I thought you were making lasagna for dinner. They protest when I serve paella instead. My daughter, the shrink says it's not ADD. Close to Ogilvy station, the train slows down. Coffee guy finishes newspaper, moving his lips all the while. The couple bound for the art Institute collect their things. Conductors wait at the door. I'm meeting friends at the Mexican museum. We'll visit the tortilla factory, see murals, eat at Nuevo Leon. Three o'clock on the dot, we'll stop everything. Take the L downtown. I'll catch the 415 outbound train. Lou knows I always come home from my wanderings. Just like students know I always give quizzes on the day stated on the syllabus. And editors know I turn in copy by the deadline. But could I become senile like my father what if ADD blends into Alzheimer's?
2: Please collect all your belongings, pay attention as you disembark, and thank you for riding Metra today.
4: Thanks,
0: Thanks so much. That was Train of Thought by Lois Bear barr with a role of the conductor, played by husband Lou. Thanks so much, Lou, for that great voice voice work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sign him up <laughs>
0: yeah. so it was a very fun poem. Uh, thanks so much for sharing and reading that, Lois. Um, the topic for the issue um, is is a tribute to poets um, with, um, tribute to neurodiversity and um, and so you mentioned the a D d um, in that in that poem. Um, so I was just wondering how how attention deficit sort of affects your your poetry. does it does it play a role? Is that sort of maybe why you became a poet?
1: Um, I think it's why I fell into it very late and discovered that I had sort of a knack. Um, I think I noticed things because my attention is always scanning the things about me and not necessarily focusing. I do think I see things other people don't see. I listen in on conversations. I save those fragments I'm trying to figure out what is the sound of the wheels on the train? What is the beat? So, um, yeah, I think it does, does give me a certain advantage in that way.
0: Um, and uh, and so, so how did you come into writing poetry? Um, the, the books are relatively recent. In the last 10 years, you had the chapbooks coming out. Um, you've been a, a professor uh, teaching other things. Um, did, did you make a move to
1: poetry or have you always been writing? Well, during a sabbatical, I was supposed to be doing research and I did, I did. But research killed me because it was like trying to fit a round peg in a square hole or a square peg. I never knew which it was, but um, it it, it ruined almost every summer of my life. Um, I loved gathering the information, I loved the mystery, I loved the research, but putting it all together and organizing it in the end was always, always, always hard. Um, So during a sabbatical, hmm, now it would be maybe 15 years ago, I took writing classes. And first I took short story, and then I joined a poetry group, um, Deerfield Library Poets. I've been with that group for a very long time. And that made me commit to producing a poem a week. And so that commitment helped. Now, I had taught poetry, Spanish poetry, for a very long time. But um, writing it, mis- I think I published something in our graduate journal at University of Kentucky in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I want to say maybe 60 years ago, 50 <laughs> years ago. But Yeah but but it's it's coming into poetry is late. I'm late.
0: Do, do you ever um write poems in Spanish?
1: Yes, I do. And um you can find me on the web um in Spanish also. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they usually I don't like tra- I I have translated not poems, but I have translated s- short stories. Um I don't I don't like Translations of poems usually because you can, sometimes you can get lucky, but usually it just doesn't work. So if I wrote a poem in Spanish first, I wrote another version in English Mm -hmm. and vice versa.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've always felt with translations that it's hard to recreate the magic or something, you know, like there's some kind of spontaneous, deeper thing that's like swirling around in the translation doesn't really do it unless you know there's some translations that stray so far from the original that they work anyway as like new poems that are more um yeah you know like like homages to the original or something but um but it's right but it's tough a lot of times reading a good translation yeah um, the the poems that you're going to share mostly today including the first one actually are all about writing the l um and do you want to t- t- just introduce a little bit of that um, like what is it that that brought you to writing the l every day too
1: well, the first poem is actually writing um, the metro, the train. Uh, That's mm-hmm. the main line. And then, okay, so people who aren't from Chicago um, won't know that to get into the city in the morning, it could take a couple hours. So, I mean, in LA, you know what traffic is like. So,. Um, I took, after retirement, I joined a writing studio in the city. It's about a 40-minute ride in good, good conditions, but it, it can take longer. And then I also became a reading buddy at a, at a Chicago public school, a very underserved hmm. school in a pocket uh, in one of the last remaining housing developments. And the students of the school are all Marshall Field Housing Development. And so but
0: before you go, on, I'm, I'm curious. I haven't heard of a of Reading Buddy before. What, what exactly is that? that? That sounds interesting.
1: It was wonderful. Um, it's through Open Books in Chicago, which promotes literacy in prisons, in neighborhoods, in h- underserved high schools um, with writing classes, workshops, and Reading Buddies go to schools and sit for an hour with second graders Mm -hmm. and help them read and um we have one student for half an hour and another for another half an hour and i the two years that i did it i had four wonderful little boys
0: oh that's nice and and so you stay with the same people the whole time and and how often did you go in
1: it was every week yeah twice Mm -hmm. a week twice a week every week so to avoid traffic i would leave the house at quarter of six Drive into the writing studio. There was a parking. There was a little parking lot park behind there. Have a little breakfast in the kitchen, and then run out and catch the elevated trains, which you could actually see from the back of the writing studio, and you could hear when the door was open, the rumble of the elevated trains. And I particularly like elevated trains because you can peek into people's windows. Um, you can you really see the city. So. So I, I was taking um the red line and um this collection of poems is called The Red Line to the Brown, because I had to transfer. It's um The Red Line to the Brown Poems on the L. So
0: Yeah, do you want to read uh read the first poem maybe that you were we're gonna from that?
1: So the first poem is Edgewater Studio, January thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Bless this early morning place, the four of the fridge, the whoosh of elevated trains one block east, the organic Peruvian coffee, the long-legged rider who enters quietly, he will outstep me. The little bathroom we keep tidy and the untidy row of our books in print. Signs everywhere from the prices of artwork to the kitchen notices, we do not want a mouse to be welcome. I nibble on toast, daydream, sip coffee, and plan what I'll write later today. Zip my parka, rush out the door, catch the L.
0: So how how often do you you write these poems? Is it like every time you go in, did you write a new poem or? um...
1: No, they didn't start early on. Um, It just, um, as I was writing the L, it, the more i rode the more comfortable i felt and the more comfortable i felt the more i noticed and then i would always be there very early and um it would be in a, the room would be quiet before the kids arrived and so sometimes i would jot something down and then i started writing them and then i saw oh what, oh yeah <laughs> this <laughs> is i like this so i kept on doing it
0: Yeah. And and you had, I noticed um, online that there are a lot of, you know,
1: several profiles,
0: one in the Chicago Tribune, I think, and then um, a video too, where you were featured. Um, How did, how did people find out that you were doing this? First of all, I I was wondering that. Um,
1: It's so strange. I study flamenco. And, well, let's see, let's start at the beginning. I'm in a critique group of people I met at the writer's workspace. And um, Rachel Gottlieb was a journalist before she started writing novels and fiction. And she said, Lois, you have got to publish these poems in the Tribune. So I wrote to them and got no response. And um, I thought, oh, well, you know, I tried other newspapers. Um, And then... um, I figured, well, no, nobody's going to answer me. I, I just couldn't reach anybody at, at the Tribune or at the Sun Times, so um, I went my first day to flamenco class, and <laughs> I got very lost. I was good thing I was trying to get there early, and I walked in. I was her only student that day, so we, you know, she was trying to reassure me, welcome me, and she asked about me, and I asked, well, what do you do? Because People generally don't support themselves by teaching flamenco. And she said, oh, I work at the Chicago Tribune. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I told her, I said, well, I've tried to get in there. And she said, oh, well, you've been contacting the wrong people. And she told me who the features editor was. And she said, but don't don't say I told you. (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote... And the features editor passed it on to Mary Zimmerman who does a feature on transportation. Hmm. Um, and so she came to the writer's workspace interviewed me and then she sent a photographer to go with me on the L. I really felt like a rock star on the L. It was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. this old lady with this guy following her around and taking all these pictures. Um, And so and and then, you know, as my friends say, it appeared above the fold on the features page. So, yeah. And then a kid from a a graduate student from DePaul saw it and wanted to feature me on their news. So she came and videotaped me. So,
0: yeah, it was such a great feature. Like, it's one of those stories that we sort of always wish appeared in newspapers and and on tv more you know because it's something positive and fun and it was just a pleasure to read that um yeah so so vicky miko asks, and and this is a perfect segue because i wanted to let everybody know that if anybody has any questions for lois um i'm following the chat window on both facebook and youtube so either way if you want to leave a message i'll pass them along so vicky miko asks if you've ever gotten uncomfortable reactions from observing or listening to others on the cta
1: yes um I wasn't going to read that poem. Um, the day Mayor Lori Lightfoot was inaugurated, and um, I'm sure everyone knows she is openly lesbian, um, I, I, I was sitting on the L, and I'm usually not sitting, and there was a young couple, uh, women, and they were kissing on the L. And I was just watching them and you know um so um then they they caught me and they kind of stopped and so then you have to choose at a certain point when you're going to make the transfer and they jumped off to catch the purple line when i would have taken brown, brown line well at any rate i decided not to get on the train with them and let them have their privacy. Because mm-hmm. I, I felt they were lovely, it was wonderful. But you know, it was their moment. And so I, I wrote a poem about that. So
0: yeah. yeah. Um and do you want to read it or do you want to or, or oh, it's up to you.
1: Hey, sure, sure. Let me find <laughs> it. I was it. just wondering if you uh, were uh, about to Yeah. Yeah, let me find it.
0: Okay. But you didn't send it to me, right? So
1: No, I didn't send okay,
0: it to so you. So we'll just just listen then
1: okay oh oh it's not in this collection oh well
0: Well, that's all right we can just just move move past it 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 is
1: i wrote about cabrini green i wrote dare on the l um oh no sorry miko (laughs) Well,
0: that's all right. Um, but it is, I wanted to talk more about that because it is a lot like um, doing street photography, you know, like like entering people's lives in a way that's that's not very common, which is um, yeah. something that I always, like, I love that kind of like raw, real photography, you know, and, and people must notice often that you're looking at them and wondering why. Do you ever tell them that, that they're going to be in a poem?
1: No, no. <laughs> Um, And I have two prose poems that are a scientific study because I did take the numbers of how many people were on electronic devices as opposed to how many people were um, um, reading actual books or newspapers or magazines. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, um, and that went into Mary Zimmerman's article. And she published um, in The Trib a poem called Rainy Day on the L, and she didn't pu- publish the one I'm gonna read next because I was an idiot. It's called <laughs> Mass Transit, and I actually saw someone reading the Sun-Times. And when I sent the collection to, to Mary, I should have changed it to the Tribune. <laughs> and she looked at it and she said, I love this poem, but you know, I don't think I'm gonna publish this. <laughs> And I have since changed it because it mm-hmm. was very sweet to be to have that attention. So I've changed it. So well, that, I answers, I,
0: that answers the question I have: if, how much embellishment goes into these poems? Um,
1: okay, <laughs> and there is some fictional element. Confession number one: um, I only met one friend in um, the Mexican neighborhood, Pilsen, but the sound of the poem. Needed to be friends, so so I really am guided by the sound of the poem. If I have to change things a little bit, I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do. Like like the person on on that I saw that day was reading the Sun Times, and and actually the Sun Times is more popular on the L train mm-hmm. when you take the uh, Metra line, which is a little which is much spiffier, people tend to read the Tribune. (laughs) It's more conservative. Yeah, Hmm. yeah.
0: Well, do you want to read Mass Transit? Sure. Okay.
1: Mass Transit. They assemble to ride, bundles on their backs, in their hands, phones, kindles, a binder of choral music, the Chicago Tribune. One man tries not to lip-read The Alchemist, They share sniffles and coughs, unscheduled stops between stations, tolerate riders sleeping on three seats, who ride the train to survive. It's 20 below. Many offer me a seat I refuse, unless I'm scribbling. Sitting is death. (laughs)
0: Um, And... uh... Warren Nadvornik asks, how has the lockdown affected your your recent poetry? Did that sort of... Are you still going out on the L or are you... Uh...
1: No. Um, that will be in the last poem that I read, Warren. Um, hmm. It's It's been very hard for me. I really miss... You know, it was hard to adjust to taking the L. I had never taken it many times, even though we had lived in the city. Um, And once I got used to it, I really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. I, and I, wa- I do want to go back to taking it. And we saw it the other day. We went into the city to take a walk. And I was almost in tears when we went under the L. And it's quite empty most of the time. And well, so. And my friends thought I was crazy for taking the L. And that's what this next poem is about.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll ask what I was going to ask uh, okay. after, after you read it. So why don't you go okay. ahead and read that one then? Okay. Okay.
1: Woman may go blind after attack. At Standard Club's valet stand, I hear this story the first time. A friend of a friend rolls her eyes when I say I'm catching the L. Her friend's friend, she says, was punched in the eye by a rider on the red line. Women push worldly goods in grocery carts, panhandlers hover. My friend Tom reports Jarvis Station is a makeshift lavatory. Today, Tom departs early to buy blueberries. A tall guy in a hoodie scrambles to his seat, reaches over my head, grabs a postcard. But when I turn to get one myself, I discover there is no sign with cards for the taking. I plan my exit. Yesterday, 4 p.m., Two men were shot on the Argyle platform. Fourteen year old boy arrested. I manage the L, though friends repeat the tale of the blinded woman. I add money to my Ventra card
0: Yeah, that's what I, something I was gonna ask about is um if if you ever are you any, ever any any sketchy situations writing?
1: Yeah, it was real. Tom was one of the reading buddies, and so I love the fact that we would often go back together. Um, we wouldn't go down together for yeah, you, you just wouldn't see each other because the trains were so crowded. So nothing sketchy ever happened at uh, eight in the morning, mm-hmm. but at ten, ten thirty, when we were going back, um, yeah, there would be people who would be pushy, um, either with gambling games or uh, asking for money. Um, yeah. Yeah. Never anything terrible though.
5: (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 I think things are just, I don't know, tend to be not as bad as we imagine them. Um, a lot of the times, um, I I wanted to talk to you about, um, you, you teach a lot of writing workshops as well. Um, and what is your philosophy when it comes to writing a poem? Like, how do you how do you sit down and, and craft something into a poem? Is there, is there a process that you follow?
1: Um, I jot things down all the time. And I work with a writing group that meets once a month. Um, we've met for many, many, many years. And we take turns leading. And um, sometimes it's thematic. Sometimes it's a certain type of poem, cento, ballad, sonnet, whatever. Um, I think I go, either I get a visual image that sticks with me and won't go away and that grows into a poem or there's a certain sound of words that seem to come together with an idea and then I work that and I kind of discover what form it needs to take. Um, And sometimes it's the wrong form, you know, Um, you push... To, there's a sonnet contest, so you push to write a sonnet and it just doesn't want to be in that form. So um, well, I revised train of thought, Oh, dozens and dozens and dozens of time mm. times. And um, a friend, the director of the writers workspace, the studio, um, really made some great suggestions um, about the order, and different things that could be come out of it. So yeah, and I love collaborating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I love energy. I love when people critique my poems. Um, and <laughs> I love to critique other people's poems. Do, when you say
0: collaborating, do you mean do
1: you write things together ever? Or do you
0: mean like, yes, yes, together? Yes,
1: yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, um, I inherited a poet from Louisville, Ellen Burkett Morris, um, from my dad's writing group. He he was a writer
0: oh, really?
1: when he retired. And he came late to poetry too. And so Ellen is younger than I am. She was the baby of the group. And uh, she and I have written about our fathers. Her father was a mystery, a detective writer. Hmm. And my dad was a lawyer. They were very different people. And she really idealized my dad. And so, and I, in the end, kind of, I, um, my dad was really important to me, but it was so difficult because he had Alzheimer's for quite a long time and to see him lose um, so much, it was very difficult. So we, we did write a poem about our fathers and that got pretty good. Um, it, it got published and then um Poets and writers used it as a prompt. So that it was oh, really? really, nice. Yeah, that is,
0: that is really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing that really stands out about your work is is how um, sort of down to earth and accessible it is. It's sort of I, I feel like the, the style is sort of I always think of it as old school rattle style. Because if you look through rattle, like I try to be eclectic at the same time and publish yeah, yeah. things in a, in a wide variety. But if you look at the older issues, um, they're all this really this wonderfully sort of narrative based usually, but really straightforward and engaging style rather than, than being sort of opaque and, and distant and experimental. Is yeah. there a reason that you choose to write that way? Or are you trying to do something specific with your poems?
1: No, no, but I do. Cause sometimes I get real fancy and crazy and um, I don't appreciate poems. you pick up and just have no idea what's what's happening there Mm -hmm. um I can get the sound I can I can see some things but yes I do want people to understand me um yeah I I, what you said about eclectic a friend asked me about rattle and I said it what kind of poems do they like and I said they are eclectic oh that's really
0: nice to nice to hear because I do I try to make it so every page you don't really know what's going to appear on the next page I think that's the fun you know fun way to read Um. Well, that's what I like
1: about poetry, because if you know how the poem is going to end, it's not going to be a good poem. Mm -hmm. It's going to be flat, I think. So how do you say a little bit
0: more about that? How do you write toward an ending that you don't know? Like, how do you surprise yourself?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just let the poem take me there. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that sounds kind of mysterious and I don't mean to be that way, but it just sort of is the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to, do you want to read maybe the next two? Um, I think we have today I worry and then how we dance.
1: Oh, sure. Okay. Today I worry. Germs on the handrails, active shooters, dentist appointments, melting polar ice cap, lice, I examine the blue tufted seatbacks with care. A young man with long eyelashes, legs in the aisle, scratches his thigh vigorously. So I skip the seat by him. Sit by the girl with the long blonde braid that swishes my shoulder when she turns to chat in some Slavic tongue to her itchy boyfriend who jumps up to check the route map, laughs and winks at the chubby kid across from us whose eye is swollen shut. I wonder what happened. And if the girl by me is the kid's sister? Their hair is the same color, but I cannot see her face because she leans into the boyfriend who repeats the announcements. Addison is next. Addison, he says with Slavic ah. Then Addison with the flat Chicago A. Third time's a charm, Addison. I chuckle and forget the lice. This tall young man will speak English in a flash, but what's to become of the moon-faced boy, and who closed his eye?
0: Well, that's a great, a uh, great ending. A great, uh, like we planned it that way, because <laughs> that is definitely an ending that, that turns <laughs> well, it, it somewhere yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: thanks. Well, the kid just stuck in my mind, and that's what I mean—that you don't know what the poem's about because I was really taken. I'm a language teacher, and so this guy practicing all the announcements was very much more endearing to me than his having his legs in the aisle and potentially having, you know, scratching himself, so I'm <laughs> worried about lice. <laughs> but in the end, he really, he surprised me and I thought, oh my gosh, this this is a language learner. So um, I read a lot of poetry I read a lot of poetry on the L, uh, because chapbooks are great. You can just hold in your hand and, um, and read them. And so this one is from March 3rd, 2020. How We Dance. We kissed minutes after the alarm. Now, let me start again. How We Dance. We kissed minutes after the alarm pulled you from a party with Uncle Lou. Then we stubbed toes racing to pee. What an inelegant epitaph epithalamium yes I'm sure that's a word sometimes when we kiss there's static electricity or we bump noses sometimes our bodies know how to connect not when we dance you like to improvise I like to lead but I followed you on a bike to New York City so here we are decades later with stubbed toes and tender bruises but our kids are great aren't they We pushed past the perils of parenting, and oh, the wines we tasted, walking in Rioja, Tuscany, and Corfu, and the rides along lakes and rivers, endurance hikes ending in sunstroke or on the precipice of cliffs. Robert Haas revved me up today on the L, asking Brenda Hillman, have you noticed that this is an anniversary poem? I didn't until he said that. I don't think poets should marry, but Dorianne Locks and others have managed. So though you line things up and I like them slant, we wouldn't do this dance. We couldn't do this dance with anyone else.
0: Uh, well, let me talk a little bit about, about dance. It comes up often, you mentioned flamenco already. I think in your bio or somewhere, it mentions dancing in, in Madrid. Um, what, what does dancing mean to you? And and does that relate to poetry at all? Um,
1: totally, totally. Uh, I danced from the age, well, I danced from the time my mother, my mother played piano for ballet classes. So in uterus, (laughs) I was bumping against the piano while she played Chopin. So, um, yacht meant a lot to me. And, um, it was one of the things that gave me discipline and gave me a, a, a good self-image until until I reached puberty and all the other ballerinas shot up and I was still short. <laughs> so um, there was, you know, there was some problems with that. But I have danced a lot of my life when um, Zumba, my daughter is a Zumba instructor. Um, she met Zumba through me. Um I love being with the group dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss that tremendously right now. It really I I do take a private flamenco class in my kitchen and I've written about that too because it's kind of funny to dance flamenco in your kitchen with your puppy barking and underfoot and um you know all the different interruptions that you can have in the kitchen. Um yeah it just and i think it's something that you know i love to tell people i still dance because it surprises them
0: um uh, let me ask a question uh where did it go here oh swallow speaking and coaching just asked a dance question have you ever done palm squad you know what palm <laughs> squad is <laughs>
1: Yes, with one of my young friends. This is a shout out to Mayor, if she's there. She took me to pom-pom dancing in in the city, and um, it was fun. It really was. <laughs> I was never a cheerleader, so it gave me. The oh, taste. that's what it means. Pom. Yeah, you take oh, like a pom-pom. pom-pom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it to music, and they give you these pom-poms instead of weights in your hands, and it um, adds aerobics to it Mm -hmm. Well,
0: the the thing the thing i was wondering is is do you find that the um when you're dancing because i i can't dance i'm not a dancer (laughs) but i play sports and i find that the that the um playing sports is um the only really place where it feels the same sort of focus is is writing a poem or just writing in general um you know there's this sort of meditative thing where you don't even aren't paying attention at all to what you're doing but you're still doing it do you find that to be the case with dancing, too? Are, are you sort of a, a no-thought, like, meditation state while you're dancing?
1: It is, you have to do a lot of work before you get there. I mm-hmm. think just like in sports.
0: Yeah, for sports you, it doesn't happen at first, but you know, eventually, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> if, I have, <laughs> if I'm doing uptown uh, funk, I know the routine. <laughs> or bailando. I, I, I like to do bailando, which is... um. Gente de Zona and Enrique Iglesias. Um, And I know those routines because I did them at the gym. And so I can just do it in the kitchen and sweat and enjoy it. And you're right, it is meditative. Um, But for the flamenco, the footwork is hard. The Mm. rhythms are very, very hard. And so I really have to analyze, think, and do it, break it down, do it over and over and over again until it finally comes to the point where you have mastered the dance and can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, Christine Bissonnette sort of asked the same question as I was asking it, but she also mentions um, uh, that she had a student compare writing a poem to choreographing a dance. Do you do any choreography? And and have you ever done that?
1: I used to as a kid Mm -hmm. in the living room, you know, put on Broadway shows or something and friends and I, or I would choreograph a dance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, we have uh, about 15 minutes left. Do you want to do another couple
1: poems? Yep. Um, Yeah. So um, I was actually reading Rattle on the L. So it was this issue. And there is a whole section devoted to Kim Adonisio. Um, Am I saying her name right? Yeah, I think
0: so. Kim Adonisio, yeah.
1: Okay. And um, I love her book on craft that she did with Dorian Locks. And Dorian Locks is my favorite. But anyway, I read, I was reading the Kim Adonisio. And so um, it inspired this, that I I started scribbling it. Um, You can see I started scribbling it. And then when I got to the reading buddies, I did my next draft, and then I never saw it again because um, they shut down the, the schools because of the pandemic. And I discovered it a month ago in Florida. I pulled oh, wow. out. I pulled out my backpack that um, has that I used to use to take on the L, and um, I took it to Florida. So, okay, fail better. March fifth, twenty twenty. Kim Adonisio quotes Samuel Beckett on the 820 Brown Line run to the loop. Sunday's rejections sting less as I stand and read her interview in rattle. To the whine and clatter of wheels, a fatherly voice reminds me not to lean against the doors. I like curves on the L better than curves in life. Before poetry, Kim studied flute, a poetic turn. Try again, fail again, fail better. 73, I rush up steep stairs littered with pigeon muck, feathers, 10 below wind chill on platforms, rides as unpredictable as weather. And what if I fail anyway? Few expectations for money, prizes, just need to ride my poems, tap my ventric card at the turnstile till the green light says go.
0: Yeah, another great ending. Till the green light says go. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to do the next one too? I, th- I think the next one is released. I'd
1: like to do um, the epilogue, and I'd like to try to get the second part of "Fail Better." If we, oh, sure. I think, the time. Um, and now at home is um, someone asked about the the effect of the pandemic. So, and this is March eighteenth, twenty twenty, at home highways hum muted dishwasher has run washer and dryer wait doors agape as piles congregate on the laundry floor quiet pervades commute to chicago approaches memory's vanishing point gone the elevated trains steep stairways unreachable straps gone the woman toting her worldly goods in a cart the man sleeping on three seats graceland cemetery gone dog park Co-op gardens, college kids at Fullerton, swerves, wheels whistle through the long curve east, writing studio, reading buddies gone. Gray branches hatch our berm. The star magnolia where we scattered our dog's ashes will bloom soon. Its white-flowered beauty will pierce tender wounds if we lose another friend now.
0: Excellent. That was at home. Um, before we before we do the last one, because I want to, to do a whole other topic too, actually, still. Um, you mentioned um, in in the bio in the back of here that you um, were execu- co-executive producer of a documentary about Jewish singer and folklorist Issa Kremer. Yeah. Um, Issa the People's Diva and I think they're the first poet um, I've had on who's done anything in film really and and, produced a documentary so I was curious how how that came to be and and who is Issa?
1: I I got into the project because um, I knew some of the languages. She sang, she was born in 1887 in uh, Russia in what's now um, Moldova but it was Bessarabia and she was born in Beltsy. She left the Pale of Settlement because she was such a talented singer and she studied opera. She toured Europe. She toured the Middle East. She was brought to the United States by Saul Hurok, um, sang at Carnegie Hall, did some of the first talkies in Hollywood, uh, which now Warner Brother owns the copyrights to but we managed to get it anyway. Um, and so um, the project was kind of dropped in my lap by two other women who were a bit older and who had grown up hearing Isa Kremer's records in Yiddish. And that's how I was brought in. And and so um, it was hard work. And and, and um, uh, it took us six or seven years to to get the money, to get the research done. To bring everything together, I think it's much easier now to make a documentary because um, kids can go to their computer. My my granddaughter makes mm-hmm. wonderful twelve year old granddaughter makes wonderful movies with her iPhone, and adds all kind of captions and everything. So, um, but it was a great experience. It really was.
0: Yeah, and it seemed very successful. I mean, it's if you look it up, it's all over the internet. Um, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah
1: it's still it's still available from um, facets multimedia yeah Yeah.
0: and that was um isa let me let me look it up the the title again it was so people can find it it's um isa isa the people's diva if anyone wants to find that by facets multimedia um and and, and last thing before we read the last poem um, another interesting thing in your bio is that you bicycled from illinois to new york city um not too long ago. how how was that? And um, how long did that take? That's that's something that that I haven't talked to anybody who's done either.
1: It was terrible, was it? <laughs> and wonderful. I uh-huh. mean, um, it was my husband's idea that he was going to do this uh, when he turned seventy, and it coincided with the year I retired from Lake Forest, and. Um, I thought, you know, it was about three years before we did it, I thought he would forget it. <laughs> and then all these other friends um, said, well, we'll be your sag wagon. And my husband kept saying, no, we don't want a sag wagon. We want to do it on our own. We don't want any help. So, um, and, and Google Maps at that time were not as good as they are now. Mm-hmm. So we got lost almost every day.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, wow. It took a month
0: mm-hmm.
1: of riding. Um, I, I, Lou could yell from the other room what the distance was, but it was 1,200 to 1,400. We went up the Great Lakes to the um, Erie Canal. Oh. And Erie Canal was what made me want to do it because I thought, okay, that's got to be flat. It's, it's a trail across New York. It's going to be flat, and, and and then we'll see all this wonderful artwork, and it, it'll just be great. <laughs> it was really hard. It was really – we mm-hmm. did 50 or 60 miles a day, and we never got in. You know, my husband said, oh, we'll get in. We'll go to the pool. We'll – relax and it was never like that but (laughs) but it's great it was great when we got to new york our friends um let us have their co-op um in new jersey right across the brooklyn bridge george washington bridge and and we saw friends in new york and they took us to dinner and they were excited and all our friends followed our blog we did a blog as we were Mm -hmm. going on and a lot of people were following it they thought well, there was a calamity a day, and they loved it. They thought they were very funny,
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems uh i don't know have you did you write any poems about it? It seems very poetic as a subject, I did. especially I... you know things not going well is a good, good source of poetry I work,
1: yeah i I work with an artist, bait Midrush, We study Bible, and uh, most of the people are visual artists and um i i ju- usually write something for um an exhibition that we do at the end, and I think one of them was um, landscape in the Bible was the topic one year, and I did do landmarks on the Erie Canal. It's not a very happy poem. It's about really the sad, terrible conditions of mm-hmm. the people who who built the Erie Canal and and what it meant for the country, for the good and for the bad.
0: Yeah, I, I grew up in uh, in Rochester, New York, which oh. is right on the Erie Canal. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, University of Rochester, it goes right through there. And um you know have have biked and, and hiked and ran on the you know and, and all the locks too, yeah, that's what you're getting at it actually oh, does go up off, and down Did
1: you jump off the rusty barges um i don't,
0: I've never been swimming actually i'm not a um I'm not a, a that adventurous of a person <laughs> I look down and, and think I'll go to the pool <laughs> but uh yeah. but I've been next to it a lot i I've, I've kayaked on it or you know but um
1: oh yeah, 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 <laughs> Rochester's great for that well, we um had a flat tire in Rochester and Oh, I don't remember the name of the bike shop, but the guy saved us and he gives free bike repair to the students of the music oh. school. I think
0: my my brother worked there actually for a while. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, or I'd I plug it. Either. But I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. But um uh one one last question. This is from the audience. Uh, Richard Westheimer asks uh, if you write new midrash also.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um I've, I've had some things in Poetica and in, um, well, uh, very. that was when I um, was a finalist for the Rita Dove Prize, was a poem about Hagar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, do you want to close out with um, that last poem we have?
1: Okay. Okay. Um, it's Fail, Better, March 3rd, 2021 for Amy Davis. Try again, fail again, fail better. The pandemic puts rejection in perspective. Payment from a poetry journal, royalties from my chapbook help. Two weeks away from Facebook, let my ego deflate to the size it was on the red line. There was nowhere to expand. Soon I will ride the L again. Share airspace, delays, rattles, and hums. Sway with other riders. A poetry Petri dish. The L is so full of people's stories. You cannot fail to find one. Uh, great
0: poem to close out. I do hope you get to ride the L again soon, Lois.
1: <laughs> I will. I, I, I think you'll notice that I when I sent it to you, I said I may... And then I seeing it the other day, I said, I will.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, hopefully, hopefully very soon. Um, but thanks so much for being a guest and thank and for sharing these poems on, on the mailcast with us tonight.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: Yeah, so that was uh Lois Bear Barr with her poems from the L. And uh thanks so much to everybody who who participated in, in watching this live. Now there is the open mic. As we always mention, let me put the numbers up on screen now so that everybody can do it. If you haven't yet, this is how it works. Uh, Email your poem to openmike at rattle.com. It's right there on the screen, openmic at rattle.com. Just email it that way. And then uh, you can choose if you'd like to call over phone. The number is 818-850-7727. That's 818-850-7727. My filter keeps getting dark. Um, And... uh, If you'd like to be on video, like Lois was, uh, that's through Skype. So so send me a chat message to Rattle Poetry over Skype. That's Rattle Poetry, all one word. Just say hello in the chat message that Skype has, and uh, I will call you back when the time is right. We'll make sure we get to everybody who's never been on before, and then we'll get to people who um, have, of course. And um, I have a bunch of people lined up already. There's an 847 number. Um, There's uh, a 773, a 250 um yes there's a bunch of people who never had there's um someone Yager at 847 a couple 847 numbers i guess and then we have regulars danny mask and carla schwartz and um angela gartner nivedita richard westheimer so we have a good crew for the hour open mic um and the prompt for this week if you if you i should say too if you um haven't written a poem for the prompt and you want to do a prompt poem you probably have time because the prompt was just to write a serious limerick that was the prompt for this week Um, i'll I'll put that on screen right here But this was the prompt uh write a serious well a serious poem in limerick stanzas so if you want to participate in the prompt there's actually time most most episodes um there really isn't time to do a prompt poem while other people are doing the open mic, but this time a limerick is really short. You could probably write it. I wrote two in about uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> so um, that was the prompt. If you'd like to share your prompt poem, we have a prompt every week, but you don't have to. You can share whatever you'd like. So I'm going to take a really quick break, stand up and stretch my legs, and tell you who next week's guest is right now. Um, next week's guest is going to be Denise Duhamel, Hamill. Um, his new book out from Pitt Press. Um, one of my favorite poets. Literally my favorite press. I love everything Pitt Press does. Denise's newest book is uh, Second Story. We interviewed Denise in Rattle number 22. If you want to know more about Denise Duhamel, Hamill. She's one of the most creative poets around. She has um, her most famous, I think, for her book Kinky um, a while ago about um, Barbie. And um, she just says so many interesting things. The, the background here is rattle number 30 no 29 and that issue had um, her jacari window poems where she was writing poems on venetian blinds and when you'd flip them they'd invert and make new poems it was so fascinating the the art she does Um, she's a teacher down in florida and uh, her newest book is second story of course so we'll be talking to denise duhamel next week on Rattlecast number 86 now i'm going to take a really quick break i'll be back in like 30 seconds just to stand up and get everything organized and um, we'll get to the open lines. So see you in just a minute. So I am back, thanks so much for your patience. Now we do have a whole bunch of people lined up. So how it works again is I'm gonna call you, if you've called in in the last hour, I will call you within the next hour And if I call you when I do call, make sure you hang up, click out of the video stream that you're watching this live on, and only listen through either the phone or Skype while we're talking, because uh, there's a 30-second or so delay, and it gets confusing. So when the phone rings, just cut off your video stream, or at least mute it. But if you cut it off, it won't be taking bandwidth either, so that's probably a little better if you're you're, um, on on video call. But uh, do that, and then we'll talk a little bit and share poems. Now, as I mentioned, this week's poem... This week's um, prompt was write a serious poem in limerick stanzas. And this came about, it was actually Richard Westheimer's idea. As we were talking to Wendy Vidalock last week. Wendy happened to mention that um, um, that that it's it's she said I think her quote is that it's, it's hard to write a serious poem in limerick in limerick lines or in limerick meter. And so that became a challenge right away. And so we, we tried to write some Some serious limericks. And my first one, I was trying to think, like, how do you make a um a serious limerick? Um I I thought of the the most horrifying thing I can think of. The thing that scares me most, and so now you're all get to see what that is. And here's my serious limerick. Um right here. Carrington event. One day there will be a burp from the sun, a plasma ball leaving nowhere to run. Out goes the lights. Hello cannibal fights. The survivors won't feel like they've won. So that is my... If you don't know what the Carrington event is, that was a coronal mass ejection back in 1857. And if it happened again, um, we would lose power. And nuclear power plants would melt down and there's a lot more electricity going on than there was at that time. So um, th- that felt, though, like it was um, darkly humor. You know, darkly humorous, actually. of kind of made me laugh a little bit when I was writing that. So maybe... I thought I would try something even darker, even less funny. And that was, of course, mass shootings, which are going on right now. And the thing about mass shootings is that they do follow this um, self-excitation contagion model, where it's almost like um, Columbine was patient zero. And you could actually model it out as if it's a virus, because it is. It's a mind virus that keeps spreading, um, and in part because of the way we give it so much attention. And so that was what my... Um, That was what my second attempt at a serious limerick was, and uh, this is it right here. There's a cycle these days to the crime of grabbing a gun and thinking showtime. It's seconds from zero to fear. It's seconds from zero to feared antihero, with the news helping history rhyme. Yeah, so that wasn't funny at all, and um, I think that is successfully serious, unfunny limerick so that was my that one worked and of course megan i wonder how many people are going to write um about mass shootings because this is the, the week of them um you know it's no wonder as i said before that there's another one a few days after the last one because that's how it works and um megan wrote about this too i wonder how many of uh how many limericks about about shootings we're going to have tonight but this is uh megan's megan's limerick another headline about the killer and there it is again his name His photo, motives, instant fame. New special feature, we meet his teacher from sixth grade. She calls it a shame. So somehow Megan managed to have it not feel, you know, that feels like a real poem. It doesn't even feel like a limerick, even though it's a perfectly formed limerick. So those were our two, uh, those were our two prompt poems. Let us see what you have. Uh, I'm going to call it first, I didn't get the first name, let's see, there's it over here. Yeah, John Yager. We'll call up John Yager first, right now. And remember, if I call you, just hang up X out of your stream so you don't get confused by the timing changes. Uh-oh, this isn't a zip file though. not sure I mean, I'll get that out. Hi, is, uh, is John Yager there? Oh Rita Jaeger. Oh okay, it says John on the email. Sorry about that. Okay, um, and and what is your poem? Okay, um, say it again because I had it on mute for a second. So what is your poem? I'm sorry about that.
6: It's called "Hug Myself," mm-hmm. and it's dedicated to all the special needs children and adults who truly suffer during the pandemic.
0: Okay, cool. Well, let's hear it. And I can't since it's a it's a Pages file. I can't actually open it. Um, so I mean, let's just listen to it. Okay.
6: Okay, and okay. I'd like to um, credit the... Okay, this is called Hug Myself. Isolated, sequestered, no need to social distance. No one comes near me anyway. I begin to spin. I feel a meltdown coming. Who cares? I run over, jump into my chair, hug myself.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. And who was it again? It was. Um... Uh,
6: it was... It was published by the Rockford Writers Guild in this year.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks so much for calling in and sharing that. A wonderful poem. Let's see. So Sarah Ray wants to join in. Uh, let's see. We have a bunch of new numbers. Let's do the 250 number and see who that is. Hey, this is Tim with Rattle. Did you want to share a poem? Yes, I do. Um, and who am I talking to? Jerry
2: Stephenson. Jerry Stephenson.
0: Jerry Steffenson, let me see if I can find. Did you email your poem in? Yes, I did. Here we go. I got it right here. Um, this is a limerick. Perfect. Maybe not their four leaf clover. <laughs> is there anything you want to say about it before you read it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's just a little nod and a wink to uh, Leaf the Lucky. Excellent. And his connection to the poem.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Okay, let's hear it. Go ahead whenever you're ready. All right.
2: Here we go. Not maybe their four leaf clover. In limerick, so green, never misplaced was founded by a Viking as a plundering base. They chaos then rhymed, Valhalla'd good times, wrote sagas of this poetic place.
0: (laughs) That is excellent. Very fun. Thanks so much for that. Did you write this recently, or is this an older poem?
2: No, no, I just, when you were doing this, I wrote that one down, (laughs) and I got limericked right out here. I've been limericking for days now. I can't (laughs) stop it.
0: Yeah, it kind of gets stuck in your head. It's a bit of an earworm, isn't it? Yeah, they're fun. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Well, thanks so much for sharing that.
2: Thank you so much. Good show. I enjoy it.
0: Yep, thanks. Good night.
2: Bye bye. Bye.
0: That was Jerry Stephenson with um Maybe Not Their Four Leaf Clover. Um, let's call up let's try this. And let me put on, before I forget I gotta be doing this. I gotta be adding people to my contact list so I know who everybody is. Let's call up next this uh we have another phone number. And it is. Actually, Kathy Gibbons calling right now. I'm not going to answer yet, Kathy, because it would be confusing. But I'm going to call up 773 and see who is it. 773. Hello. Hey, this is Tim with Rattle. Did you want to share a poem? Hi. You're live on the air, so just shut off the uh, the stream in the background.
5: Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no okay, problem. Let me let me shut it off. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and who am I talking to? the
5: br- this is Sarah Ray. I'm Sarah. Hi. Hi Sarah. <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> yeah, oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, do you want to try to do
0: Skype or do you want to just stay on the phone cuz I noticed you text your message would be on Skype too.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I either I've never done uh, Skype video so I was so I'm up for trying that, but I've never done it. Maybe I should just read it this time on okay. the phone.
0: Okay. Yeah, why don't we just do it on the okay. phone? I have the, I have the poem right here, The Night Bus Leaving Mexico. Is there anything you want to say about it? It looks yeah. like a sonnet from my viewpoint.
5: Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. It it's 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 a sonnet. So so yeah, and and it came out in a chapbook book that was published last year, um, called Someplace Else. So it's the first poem in that in that chat book, so so it's not a limerick, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. That's just for the uh you know, for the people who watched last week, but uh but we, we, we love new stuff. So let's hear it. The night bus leaving Mexico.
5: Yes. Yes, the night bus leaving Mexico stops at the always open roadside stand. I choose cacahuates, haplaneses, and those con salsa verde, your favorite snack. Then doze as Steve McQueen speaks Spanish in a film whose name I can't remember. In Monterrey, I dream of getting off, but inertia holds me thick, and tourist star persists, now climbing on and on, still on to the border. I pay the tax on my mezcal, show receipts, try to convince myself I can't recall your smile. I buy McDonald's board Greyhound for the trip home. No, now I can't contain your face. the possibility of love this place
0: Oh, I love that last couple. thanks so much for sharing that.
5: Oh, you're welcome. thank you for for uh you know for all you do. this is my first my first time uh listening to. To all of you and and participating, and and it's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, I'm so glad you could. We do it every Tuesday night with a new poet, and um, and always have the open line, so it's always a lot of fun. So hope you do it again. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Sounds good. Great. Thanks. Excellent.
0: Thank you. you. Yep. Good night. Yeah, so that was um, Sarah Ray. Let me add Sarah to the contacts list so we know who it is next time. And that's Sarah A. Ray, and it's R-A-E how to spell that if you want to find Sarah's book. And once again, that poem is The Night Bus Leaving Mexico, a sonnet. Um, Let's call up somebody. Let's call up a regular, but a regular that we haven't had on in a while. And uh, where did he go? Let's call up Danny Mask. Danny Mask hasn't been on in a while. I think Danny's got what he's got for us. An Independence Day 2021 poem. Hey, Danny, how are you doing tonight?
7: Oh, I'm doing wonderful tonight.
0: So what do you have for us?
7: Well, uh, Dr. Fauci said that the uh, coronavirus was going to be finished by July 4th.
0: Oh, did he? I didn't (laughs) even hear that. That, That's nice to to know. (laughs) I'll write it down in my calendar.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I read it wrong, but I thought, oh, great, Independence (laughs) Day. So I, I sat down and I wrote this poem as if I was talking to the coronavirus. Very cool. Well, I have it up whenever you're ready. Go ahead. If I could talk to the coronavirus, catch up to it with its lusty strut, I'd ask a few simple questions. First, I'd say, would you please help me understand something? You want to kill everybody and dodge modern science along the way, but have you thought this annihilation thing all the way through? When you get down to the very last human, then what? You're wiped out too, you're at a dead end. I don't want to make you feel self-conscious. So it's like it's like you're on a cul-de-sac and you think you can reach the grocery store from here. <laughs> That's great. I love that, Danny. Thanks so much for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thanks yeah, for your work.
0: Very fun. And, and hopefully it comes true. <laughs> hey, it night. will. Yeah. yeah. Good night. It was Danny Mass with Independence Day 2021. Um, let's see. Let's also. Oh, Angela might. We'll, we'll wait and see if Angela can come back. Let's call up Spartacos. See what Spartacus says for us. I think I saw a poem. Yep, I do here. Fragments of Everyday News. Let me throw it in a Word doc while we're calling him up. Hiya. Hey, Spartacus How are you doing tonight?
4: I'm very well, and thanks for the critic. It was super helpful.
0: Um, let me, uh, I'm trying to get your video. Let's see. I'm having all sorts of, see, I have this thing where it adjusts now. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> we found you. So, so how are you doing? And where are you calling from again? Is it Greece?
4: Um, it's Bristol, UK. Ah, that's right. I was born in Greece, but I live in UK.
0: That's right. Well, I'm so glad you could join us again. And what do you have for us to share tonight?
4: I've got a, a long poem. Would it be possible to read it or the first part of it? It's called I, it, fragments of everyday news.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really seem that long to me. I think it's totally fine to share. there's are short lines, so um, I think let me let me just put it in a in a file here that everybody can get to, and then go ahead whenever you're ready. Yeah, fragments of everyday news, and, and let us know the, what what inspired it. What is it about?
4: It's about different fragments of um, everyday news, mm-hmm. um, and I see them like a puzzle that we need to put all the pieces together in order order to see the, our values, our civilization.
0: Excellent. Well, let's hear it. Go ahead whenever you're ready.
4: Fragments of Everyday News. 1. Phidias and the Parthenon Frieze. Two centuries of violent separation of the future of an ancient unknown country from the unknown sculpture Phidias, the non-existent Frieze and Parthenon. Western civilization forgot the womb and the use of museums as places dedicated to the muses. Greek goddesses of poetic inspiration, song, dance and memory trapped in absurd words of dogmatism, words of robbery and embezzlement, lasting pregnancy. Difficult childbirth of the newborn enigmatic world, art puzzle. A new world without a harmonious whole, with fragments of ancient temples that suffocate for the homecoming journey to their Ithaca, the separate past and future. Phidias, a priest of art and servant through the centuries of aesthetics the new philosophers of boats, rodents of its existence. Two, with sarons, small boat, a bright view of small wooden boats with burn matches crossing the dark Mediterranean water to get to Lampedusa, hearts full of hope, of injustice, wars of mice, you trust Saron as a ferryman and you carry your own small wooden crosses. The horse of power and money ruled by greedy visions of blind creators displaying smart ideas for betrayed souls. But the lost souls were not lost in the history books of truth and battles of human life. I look again on the eccentric painting of Louis Leopold Boyle. Christ on the cross. His punishment for insulting religion dragged him to a tragic apology. On the wooden cross, an ivory sculpture of staring into nowhere Jesus. A detail of the painting. An effective ad on a post-it note with his address and his name for the art lovers. I wonder if the Almighty wants his son after so many years to stare at his creatures and remind them that they are looking for the wrong answer. 3. Screams and whispers of our world. This world, the small and the big, the known and the unknown, always the same for the innocent. Their questions remain incomplete, hanging like kites, without question marks to touch the sadness of their voice, the despair of their soul. This gourd, with its stark aspects, sucks the mental and material juices of everyday life, leaving behind prematurely aged beings. This gourd makes gourd's forget their silence in black blood roses for lost loved ones hidden in sad photos. History is been written with a pen of promises and ambitious plans of tartuffe dipped in the blank looks of countless orphans. How many more screams will be heard until an expressionist artist dares to see that silence in the paintings is worth a thousand words of daily numbers, murders of joy. Is it so hard to find a patient reporter waiting for the children to go to their coats instead of capturing the tyranny of countless spent bullet cells?
0: Ah, oh, thanks so much for sharing that. That was a, uh, that was fragments of everyday news. And I'm, I'm going to think of that a lot from now on that, um, that, that, where it says uh, that we've forgotten the use of museums. This place is dedicated to the muses, that the muse is gone from the museum. That is such a great, I never think of it that way, but yeah, yeah, that's that's where that word comes from, isn't it? And we don't think of it that way. Exactly, yes. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing that, Spartacus. It's always a pleasure. Thanks very much, Tim. Yep, goodbye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Up next, we have... Um, I think we have a whole lot of um, a whole lot of limericks. <laughs> Let's. Richard Westheimer says he has a lame limerick. Let's hear a lame limerick. Hey, Richard, how are you doing tonight?
8: Good. So you're going to allow me to hoist myself on my own petard here. Is, <laughs> I, that, I, I, is, exactly, is that how? This works?
0: That is exactly how this works. Um.
8: <laughs> your, your, your voice, incidentally, I don't know. This is not on mm-hmm. the feed, but yeah. on this. Uh-huh. And your voice sounds like it's in a barrel. Oh,
0: really? It must be. Um, yeah. Let me let me fix that really quick. Uh,
8: it must Not be that on the feed, it's good.
0: Yeah, it must yeah. be that Skype is using the wrong microphone, which just takes a second to
8: fix. I also have two images of you. It, this is this is this is <laughs> this is what you get for suggesting limericks, or for agreeing to limericks. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, now you should hear me good. Is that loud and clear? Yes. Yeah,
8: that's great,
0: yeah, it's just every time I, my computer updates, everything changes and and the the video settings are changing too, which is annoying, which is why you're you're small now, you can't see yourself, but i can't yeah. I can't fix you in real time right now um, so you're the first one to have a linked series of limericks
8: um, yes <laughs> um, and it it was i mean it's so hard to make these not sing songy of course, of course um uh, Megan. Wins the internet as as <laughs> yeah, usual. She but, does. Um, and to make the you know the, to and anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to actually crafting this a little bit more. But I stuck it in limerick form to see see how that's it right. works.
0: Well, let's hear it. The, a bad week best told in anapest. And that's of the, the anapestic feet or the the da 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 of the limerick. Yeah. So go ahead whenever you're ready.
8: Diana text us texts her bad news. At 22 weeks, she will lose her first pregnancy, her babe from her cleaved, Our hearts baffled and bruised. Friend Erica posts on her wall, her David has had a bad fall. A blow to his head has led to his death. We've loved him since he was so small. We hear from Deb's mom in the night. She isn't feeling quite right. The pain in her chest is a source of distress and dread increasingly dire. In Mercy's emergency room, from night's darkness to fluorescent gloom, she awaits diagnosis. She's feeling so hopeless. We wonder, will normal resume? Mom's better and seems to be healing. The others were, will ever be reeling, yet some pains subside with the passage of time, like the wane of a great church bell's pealing.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, somehow you managed to not make it feel sing song either, Richard. I don't think that's bad at all. That was a good one. Yeah.
8: Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks. Uh, let's call up next. Let's call up Carla Schwartz. We have also Joyce Stahl. Well, let's call up Nividita. Nividita is still live and has to go to work soon. So let's call up Nivy next. Well, good morning, Nividita. How are you doing tonight? Or this, to- this morning? I'm doing great,
9: thank you. Yeah. I'm doing great, thank you. How about you? Yeah,
0: well, I'm glad we caught you before uh, before your workday started. No worries. <laughs> um, so what do you have for us tonight?
9: Limerick's from as always.
0: Uh, and uh, is there anything you want to say about, about the experience of writing, trying to write a serious limerick?
9: Um, it's not very good, but then, <laughs> not being very good, it didn't take me too long. I managed to cram in all three of them within a span of 10 minutes, so that's the quality you're getting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun. Let, let's hear what you got.
9: You enter this world all alone and leave it as well, your own but during your stay here you still stay eager for this is all you have ever known there's finite borders and bounds to space but thoughts have no such restrictions in place they come and go as they please effervescent as the breeze all we can do is adapt and embrace come dawn and the birds all rise and sing of the joys that the new day brings all we can do is smile and go the extra mile to where hope eternal springs.
0: I love that ending. The, yeah, yeah, great ending there. Thanks so much for sharing that, Nivy. Thank you, Tim. It's lovely talking
9: to you too. Yep, have a lovely evening. Yep, have a good day. Bye.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Nivy De Carthic of course, with a, a limerick. I think she just, I think it's just called Serious Limericks. And let's see. I don't know if Angela's back. Oh, but there was an 847 number that we hadn't got, because there were two of them. Let's do the 847 number. And this is a, a first-time caller as well. Hey, this is Tim with the Rattle. Did you want to share a poem? I do. Uh, and, I just and who have I... my phone. <laughs> yeah, no problem. This who... is Judy Kaufman.
10: Ah, thanks so much for calling. I'm glad you could. Judy Kaufman. I'm a I'm a longtime friend of, of your guest today. Uh,
0: I think I hear myself in the background, so why don't you hit mute or or turn that off, just so there's no confusion.
10: Yeah, I will. Okay. Well, since you have my poem, um, I just muted it so I can read it right off your screen. Um, Actually,
0: you can't because of that delay. You won't be at the same spot as the video. Ah, I see.
10: Okay, then I'll bring up my copy.
0: Yeah, it's abuse and release, two two five-liners, right? Yes, Okay. correct. Yes. Uh,
10: and uh, as I mentioned in my email to you, I I edit a a journal of uh, poetry of well of, of literature and art, mm-hmm. uh, and Lois has been published there several times or regularly I should say. Uh, and I'm in one of her reading groups, one of her writing uh, groups. Me. Oh, that's
0: Easton Central, a journal of literature.
10: And you art. got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You should check it out. Look at our website because there's lots of good stuff we've been publishing for twenty years.
0: Oh wow. What what is the website? What's the URL? I don't see it.
10: It's Easton uh it's just um
0: uh eastoncentral.org. Ah, Eastoncentral.org. Very cool. Well uh let, let's hear these poems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you ready for
10: me to read? Yep, go ahead. At this point okay, okay. Abuse. To be told by those who loved you and those who forgot they did, not so much lies as cruel misunderstandings, the creation of minds brutalized by other minds for who knows how many generations. Mm. Release. To learn who you are inside, to extricate yourself and inhabit your own creation,
0: rejecting the trajectory that was someone else's choice. Very interesting. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call those kind of poems? Is there, is there a word for them? I, they go together.
10: And- no. Uh, what happened was I wrote Abuse uh, a number of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it comes from uh, the experience of somebody I know, and I wasn't satisfied because I really wanted to get to the other side. Hmm. And so only this year did I write Release, uh, and it satisfied me much more well, to encourage the abused person mm-hmm. to, you know, to really, like, defy what happened by making your own decisions and going where you want to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, thanks so much for sharing those those pair of little poems. Well, you're welcome, and thank
10: you. And by the way, I think you have a lovely smile, and you're a very <laughs> cheerful person to listen
0: to. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm glad. I never thought I would, uh, you know, be doing shows like these, but um, I don't know. It happens. That's how life it, goes, I guess. It's
10: great. <laughs> I've never been on. I've never even heard about it, so I'm so glad Lois let us know that.
0: Yeah, it. yeah. Well, I hope you can come back. We do it every Tuesday night. I will do it as often as I can. Great. Thank thanks. You. Have a good night. All right. You
10: too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Okay, and that was let me get this uh yeah, Judith Kaufman. And that once again that is Easton Central is the literary magazine. Let me um let me add add the contact to our phone book, which is getting bigger every week. Judith Kaufman. There we go. And uh, let me let me look at this eastoncentral.org. Let me show you the website really quick. Easton Central. Get a little plug in for that. Oh, here it is. Yeah, great looking. Um, there's the, the magazine right there, Easton Central, a Journal of Arts and Letters from Highland Park, Illinois. So thanks. That was Judith Kaufman. Thanks for sharing that, Judith. Volume 19 is the latest edition. Okay, let's see who we have next. Let's do um, Carla Schwartz. We have Joyce Stahl. Angela Gartner might not be back in time. So, Angela, if you come back, to give me another chat message or else I'll just read the poem for you. Um, earlier in the day, we got some phone calls. Let's see. But I'm not, I don't i don't think I trust enough. If people called at, like, 9 a.m., I don't trust that they're waiting by the phone right now. So I think I won't call those. You have to call in during the show-ish, you know. Uh, but let's call up Carla Schwartz next and then Joyce Stahl and then we'll see if Angela Gartner's back. Then I'll see what we can read. And, um... Nate just sent in a poem. Maribade Cars got one. She sent in. I'm hey, Carla, canceling. how you doing? Yeah, how you doing tonight?
11: I am good. I'm very good. Um, I did write a really quick limerick that you know. At first, I thought to myself, "Oh, I'll never be able to write a serious limerick." And then this is pretty serious, and I. Don't feel great about it, but um, I will read it to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to become like you, you sort of go over a line a little bit, and then it's just dark comedy instead of comedy. Yeah, but it's hard to like be yeah. be serious and and dark enough that you can't find any humor in it. Um, but this is there was a young country, so I have it ready whenever you are.
11: Okay, great. I'm ready. Okay. There was a young country. There was a young country called us. Where gun laws were lenient, and plus a man could shoot down every Asian he'd known, and then ask, "What's all the fuss?"
0: Oh, that's a great little, very serious, not funny at all um, <laughs> limerick, and wonderfully uh, use of the enjambment there, which is which is um, what I, I should have done and did not. So I think that works really well. Thanks for sharing that, Carla.
11: Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, good night to all. Yep. Good night.
0: And of course, that was Carla Schwartz with a CB99 videos on um that's her YouTube channel. So if you saw comments in the thread, that was her. Um and Kathy Gibbons is here too. Can't don't want to forget about Kathy. Um and like I said, we'd call up Joy Stahl next. Let's call up Joy. Joy's got a limerick. We're moving through these limericks fast, but Joy's got another uh, link Limerick, a teacher's lament. I think Joy's a teacher in Kansas. Hey, Joy, how are you doing tonight?
12: I am tired. I hate savings time.
0: <laughs> Me too. I, uh, I'm i not a morning person, and I'm, I'm even less of a morning person that this time of the year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so you have teachers a teacher's lament for us. Is there anything you want to say about it before you read it?
12: Yeah, I was having trouble coming up with a topic for a serious limerick, And then Seventh Hour Today happened, and that just solved the whole problem of what I was going to write about.
0: Perfect. Okay, well, let's hear it. I have it up ready for everybody.
12: All right. Some students say that it is cool to slack off, do poorly in school. I want to give A's. All they do is lays, sleep through my class with snores and drool. They bully their classmates and friends, the worst of the middle school trends. They're cruel and they're mean and vent so much spleen. Detention is where their days end. It's good that not all kids act this way. Still, teachers deserve much more pay. And don't let me start on parenting arts or trust me, we'll be here all day.
0: Another one. I love that ending. People come up with great, great Limerick endings. I don't know what's going on. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Yep, That was Joey Stahl. With A Teacher's Lament, uh, let's call up Kathy Gibbons. We're really cruising through these short poems this time. And while I call up Kathy, maybe I can figure it, I might have figured out what I have wrong. I have to have... Does that work? Hey, Kathy, how are you doing tonight?
11: Hi, Tim. I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: Uh, let me find your poem. I know I saw it here. Kathy, I think I have to type it in. Uh, so, so you have a limerick, I assume...
11: Yes, it is. It was the last minute. When you said tonight, you still have time to write one, I thought,
0: oh, well. <laughs> you do. That's the magic of limericks. You can just crank them out, and, and yeah. it's kind of fun. I'm enjoying this.
11: It, um, it was actually based on a lo- much longer poem I'd written in the past, and uh, which had some very comic elements to it, believe it or not. Interesting. It was an elegy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, and uh, I read something in the Times. Yesterday, uh, a mutual friend of the deceased in mine, and uh, just brought him to mind again, so I thought I'd give it a go.
0: Interesting. Yeah, this is Ashes of the Magus. So go ahead whenever you're ready.
11: Okay, Ashes of the Magus. His ashes were baked into a fine cake. The service resembled an Irish wake. Stories contributed, slices distributed. Scattered, they made the earth
0: shake. Oh, that was a beautiful poem. A really, really touching tribute. Thanks for sharing that, Kathy.
11: Thank you. Thanks for having us, Tim. And it was a wonderful show. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Good night. Okay. bye for now. Yeah, that was a that was a very serious, that did not feel sing-songy or funny. It felt very uh, poignant. So thanks for sharing that, Kathy. I think that, that might have um, been the poem that hit the prompt the best so far, I think. Let's see. Um, let's do... I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Yeah, Angela's still not back. So I'll read Angela's poem. I think she has a limerick if she doesn't come back. But first, let's look at some other ones. Mary Bade Carr has a limerick here, which I will put on screen shortly. Um, Here is uh, Mary Bade Carr's limerick. Know if your neighbor is a Karen. So <laughs> see, that, that that sounds funny right off the bat, but let's see. Um. Here it is. Know if your neighbor is a Karen walking to her friend's house to play. No one home, so she stood on display, peeking out from their window, saying she could not go. Police called just to ruin her day. See that? I think that is funny. Um, but that was a good one. Thanks for sharing that. Um, thanks for sharing that Maribade car. Um, let us see. Who else do we have here? Angela Gardner has the astronaut. I don't think it's a Limerick, actually. It doesn't look like it, but I'll wait for Angela. Clayton Clark is here and and asks... um, This is Clayton Elizabeth Clark, and this is Our Mother. Clayton asks if I will read it, so I would be happy to. Let me just uh, get it here. This is uh, Clayton Elizabeth's poem, Our Mother. Our Mother... The cold slap and shove of the ocean that shaped us when we were children. Gentle the day we dusted its waves with her ashes, a dark constellation. Oh, it's another beautiful, serious, touching limerick. Thanks for sharing that. Let's see. What else do we have? We already did Danny. Nate. <laughs> and so Nate said he's surrounded by puppies and can't be on the, uh, Um, Nate Jacob. He says he's surrounded by children and a demonic puppy. So could he read my my entry. It's a sad limerick, which is indeed harder to produce than I expected. It really is. He says, even my darkest attempts were met with laughter and uneasy smiles. Exactly. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I think Wendy was right. I think maybe Wendy Wendy was the most right of anybody. Because it is not easy to do, although there have been some really good serious limericks here tonight. Uh, This is uh, Nate Jacob's entry sad dog limerick sad dog limerick young daisy my pup at the groomer when the mass was determined to tumor i'd grown fond of that clown still i had her put down i had always planned that i'd go sooner now that's really sad yeah thanks for sharing that that is a sad dog limerick immigration limerick those children encased at our border bars chain link executive orders keep their families at bay while we go on our way, make America great, more like Bordor. See, that was kind of funny. I think that wasn't, I think you have to hit the, you have to hit, I think the trick is that you have to hit a um, really sad note at the end so it doesn't become like darkly funny. Because calling the, because the, the interesting thing about Limerick's is that they, um they're, they're set up like a punchline or a, you know, set up in a punchline, like that classic joke structure. And so if you land on anything funny, even remotely funny, with that last rhyme at the end, like calling America Mordor, I think that actually gets into the dark humor. Um, let's see. But that was a great, great entry. Thanks for sharing That was Nate. Um, Vicky Miko. Let's see. So this is Vicky Miko. And again, Vicky has some great um, art to go with it. And uh, Vicky says this limerick is my version of the Hanged Man tarot card. Its basic meaning is a time voluntary, a time of voluntary sacrifice, to let go of thinking mind and to trust your subconscious will present new insight and bring something of greater value. P.S. Some garden orb weavers eat their old webs and make new ones every night. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Uh, on total instinct, they trust the moving air will carry their first silk to anchor on the perfect spot. That's really fascinating. I didn't know either of that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing those facts, Vicky. And here is Vicky's poem, Suspension. Suspension. To give something up is a decision of faith. To get something back, you must wile and wait. Unraveling, vulnerable and bare. Your sub-psyche dangling there. The web dares to shape. Will forever Recreate. Oops, I think I messed up. the The web it shares, the web it dares to shape, will forever recreate. And here it is. I think I'll read it over again without messing it up. To give something up is a decision of faith. To get something back, you must. uh, You must. You must while and wait, unraveling, vulnerable and bare, your sub psyche dangling there. The web it dares to shape will forever recreate and that suspension and wonderful art and a great limerick too another serious one that really works thanks for sharing that Vicky. Um, let me see let's take a limerick uh, break we have Paulette Warren to read let, let me, one time let me put the numbers on in, in case anybody would like to um, participate once again those are the numbers Rattle Poetry all one word send a chat message to me there on Skype or um, call in 818-850-7727. That is, uh, we have plenty of room tonight because they're such short poems. I think I'm going to take a little break from um, the limericks just to sort of wet our tongues. Let's do a random poem from Rattle. And this is um, yeah, this is from Monica Wendell. And that's just what came up on the Random Button Courthouse from Rattle number 42. And if I remember right, this poem has a great ending. So let's give this one a a, a listen and, and watch. "Courthouse" by Monica Wendell.
3: Courthouse. At the rally for the woman who was raped by that cop, Reverend Billy started in on corporations, eventually winding his way down to her body. The booing stopped. Then, in Fishwick near Varet Street. One wheat-tasted sign reads, you can't have capitalism without racism, and another says, occupy my penis. Audre Lorde said, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house, which I hated when I first heard it. Of course, plantation tools could kick holes in walls. Of course, fire burns both fields and hurts. until I realized what she meant. Or maybe I still don't. Maybe the sign should have read, you can't have capitalism without misogyny or plain old fuck cops. After the trial was over, a jury member said, of course the cops did it. We just didn't have enough to convict. It was he said, she said. Here's all I can say. The cops formed a wall outside the courthouse, hands behind their backs, chests forward. Like they were the ones under attack. Like it's not violence if someone gets off.
0: It's yeah, such an interesting poem to come up uh, randomly, Courthouse by Monica Wendell, a, a powerful poem um, that, that applies today, uh, for sure, from rattle number 42. Um, okay, so let's see. So Angela Gartner just got back. So uh, perfect. Let's call up Angela. And let's uh, see what Angela has say This is uh, The Astronaut. Hi Tim. Hey Angela, how are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? Oh, good. That's so oh.
13: funny. <laughs> I just got back. I'm like, oh, I'm back.
0: <laughs> Great. I don't even
13: know how I look. Oh, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me try to get this. See, I'm still having this this video problem, but uh, I could do as big as I can. Okay. <laughs> so, oh. so what do you
13: have?
0: <laughs> so, what do you, what do you have for us tonight?
13: Um, it's called the astronauts
0: and and what was it about or what inspired it it doesn't look like for my you know not reading it, it doesn't look like a uh, a uh, limerick so what what inspired oh, it oh
13: okay well it was, it was supposed to be like two limericks i guess ah, but okay <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> whatever um i i don't know like i i was like did i read this poem before but i don't think i did i wrote it a, a while ago when um like the mars happened mm-hmm. and then i kind of but it's it's kind of if you read it it's kind of it's kind of got an underlining meaning so i i don't know it's just something about um it's not really an astronaut mm-hmm. if if you read it so
0: okay well let's hear it i'm, I'm looking forward to it go ahead whenever you're ready okay.
13: the astronaut past the garage by his pinto he floats by a house's window his wife slips still wet from a kiss sleeping in her room in peacefulness. It hurt him to see her cry so. He waves to her and raises his arm in salute and says his goodbyes to the air-filled suit. The next place he walks is in an unknown dimension, illustrating his discoveries after his family joins him. He cherishes the time he spent in his old boots.
0: Oh, I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, Angela, the astronaut. And definitely you can see the metaphor there. For sure.
13: Yeah, I just—it's something I was thinking about, and then yeah. So thanks, <laughs> thanks <laughs> for calling. I, yeah. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, I'm glad you could pop back. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, have a good me night. too.
13: <laughs> you Bye. too. Thanks. Bye.
0: It's Angela Gardner with the astronauts, and um, let's see. Do we have anything else? Oh yeah, we have um, Paulette Warren, who. Um, let me make sure I don't have anyone else to call. Too, we're running out of time. The show's almost over. I'm surprised we got through a full hour of open mic with these limericks being so short. But I think we are going to. And this is Paulette Warren's limerick. Um, Let me put it up here for everybody to see. Make sure it's large enough. Um, And I'm not sure if these are linked. It looks like these are linked. So let's go with these. These are Paulette Warren's limericks, serious limericks. Oops, that's not it. We want this one. The president says this is serious, which makes the Republicans furious. They die before masking no matter who's asking, so callous it really should worry us. When politics rule our behavior, mere man now made out to be savior, cults form in hate, and the gulag awaits those who were formerly neighbor. Behaviors that ought to be criminal are spreading throughout the subliminal. Make no mistake, our souls are at stake. Belief, on uncertainty principle. Excellent limericks, and those were serious for sure. Thanks for sharing those. That was uh, Paulette Warren's um, triptych of limericks. Um, let us see. Let's see. So uh, Raj Kumar Lakikat is here with trampoline for the bard. Let's let's read that. I think I don't think he's calling in, but he just sent me this poem. Um, make sure yeah okay so this is a trampoline for the bard a trampoline for the bard i go as a messenger to the queen who does say a prince will not be born in england a worthy king will rule the seas i set out to see if there's a sun behind i command this fleet to me all these sailors are affixed but free shakespeare is my subject I embark to prove the Queen of England is not so bereft of ideas. There is no shore that will not this sight today accept and alight from the light tower on their shores. This is not a conquest. This is a quest. Führer in life is not a king best. Shakespeare must rest a while, rest his pen, taste the fury of an ocean bereft, an English thinker, set sail today to meet the unknown sun, Or he must fail, till I find what is beyond the waves of the seas will tremble under my sailors' feet. They will return, wise and rich, from wherever they set feet. Will Shakespeare smile, if I do not return to my home in the northern cliffs? The shores will be my land, for long days to come. A bard has created havoc, the street across the theatre is jammed. He they now say, Hearth and land, this is a new trait This is the new trait The people must serve, The Bard's fate Ah, America, save me from the darkness Like a punk who makes new the same street every time we meet, Never knew each other but for the closeness of the street. And excellent. It was hard to um read that without accidentally tripping into the um into the limerick beat which when you read when you read limericks, it it sticks with you. But that was Raj Kumar Kant with A trampoline for the Bard. Thanks so much for sharing that, Raj. Um, let me see what else we have. Oops, I just got the Hug Myself poem from back from um from R. M. Yagar. But uh we already we already heard it. Um here's let's see. Okay, so I think we got to everybody. I think we did. That's kind of impressive. So that is the show for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. Um, thanks for sharing all of your your wonderful limericks. Um, let me see what the prompt for next week is going to be. The prompt for next week is... Okay, the prompt for this next week is write a poem that explores what it would be like to be someone else. That's next week's prompt. Pretty open-ended. Any kind of poem you want, write a poem that explores what it would be like to be someone else. That is next week's prompt. These are always Megan's prompts that she picks, except for last week when we picked it on the fly. Um, so that will be your prompt for next week. And as I mentioned earlier, next week's guest on the Rattlecast is going to be Denise Duhamel. Just a wonderful poet. Um, one of the, Actually, the first thing that I ever did as um um, working for Rattle. I was just working part-time back in New York, and she was at SUNY Buffalo. And um, I just went to a reading, and um, and I think it was Stella Suli asked if I could ask her to do an interview. And so I just, at the end of the reading, walked up and said, hey, do you want to do an interview with Rattle? And That was really the, the first task. I don't know if they were making sure I wasn't, you know, weird or something, and could it pull off talking to other human beings. I don't know what was up with that. But that was the um, first time I met Denise there at SUNY uh, Buffalo back in like 2004 or 3 and um, just a wonderful poet some of my favorite poems that uh, she's just just so creative and interesting this is uh her newest book second story which will be featuring next week on Rattlecast number 86 it's tuesday march 30th 9 p.m eastern time hope to see you there as always we will also have the critique of the week and we will have poetry spawn live on friday and sunday respectively so join us for that as well hope you have a good rest of your night and thanks as always for joining us and clicking that like button and all that good stuff good night